Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How do you get your tongue to do that? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Right up by Lindgren as he circles. Out to the line for Dumba. Dumba sends it back in. Polino has Lindgren tied up. Greenway fights off a check. Back to Brodina. Shotty scores! Here's Dumba. Matt Dumbo off the bench, in front, scores! Matt Dumbo has won it for the Wild. Teams, Zuccarello with the patience, the live legs, and Dumbo off the bench. He replaced Suter, up and over and off the bar and in. How many names? Play the horn the whole time. Just play the horn the whole show. Are we going to be randomly playing the horn all all day? Once you start to play that horn, you just keep playing it. It's a little loud if if, if, if it's at full volume. It's a little little jarring. I'll keep it at a reasonable audio level. I wish I could have that in my day-to-day life sometimes. Just when people are talking to me and I want them to shut up. (laughs) It's good. When someone's in the middle of a story. (laughs) That just will not end. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> Preach it. Or, like, move on to the next thing in your day. You know? <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> Late for lunch. So, I don't know how many names of wild players we just heard in those two play by play clips there, but none of them were traded today, despite all of the different speculation and rumors. And we had, at one point today, we had an NHL reckless speculation locomotive speeding down the tracks. Through St. Paul with Zach Parisi either on it or maybe driving it to the New York Islanders. That was a thing that was maybe even it wasn't reckless. Close it to was a done deal. It was going on. It was in progress. Yeah, Mike Russo had jumped all over it. Reckless speculation. But ultimately, nothing happened. The deadline passed a couple hours ago, and uh, perhaps the most popular and successful wild player in the twenty-year franchise history will remain a member of the team for the rest of this season. But I want to start with you guys here, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Scornorth and Scornorth app. Have you ever heard a general manager be this open and honest about trade talks that didn't come to fruition? Because usually stuff like this happens, you know, trade rumors in all different sports pop up all the time or signing rumors. And the most you might hear is some off the record chatter about something that happened. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Bill Guerin, and this is from Mike Russo, the athletic, from his Twitter account today. Bill Guerin, right after the deadline was over, said this. And I'm just going to read you these four tweets, all right? 
There are certain moves that just require more time and a little more detail. Sometimes you want to get through a season with a player and revisit it. You're not unhappy with him, but you could just see the potential return you could get if you traded him, so you revisit it. He added, I didn't want to do a deal today just to do a deal, and nothing really made sense. The players that we stuck with, I'm extremely happy about. I expect the same effort. He said he talked to Parisi after the deadline and said, hey, we had a good conversation. We'll get together again at another time, but he seemed to be a good uh, in a good spot. Zach is a professional, and tomorrow night I would expect nothing but the usual Zach Parisi effort we see every night. It's something we explored, the trade. I'm not going to get into the specific details, but the fact that nothing happened today is fine. Zach is a big part of the Minnesota Wild, and we're excited to still have him, end quote. Like, have you guys ever heard a GM just flat out say, yeah, we yeah, we definitely were way down the road with this, and Zach and I even talked about it. We'll probably revisit it at some point. Like, wow. Well, I mean, first of all, good for Bill Guerin, and my experiences with him so far, I like him, and I think he is as truthful as he can possibly be at times. Like, this whole thing of we're still trying to contend for a playoff spot to me is BS, but that's fine. But this is an interesting one because I do think you have to interpret what he what he said, and I applaud him for, in his mind, being forthcoming towards us and the public, and the reality of what he said interpreted as Zach Parisi signed a 13-year contract here to come home on July 4th, 2012. Zach Parisi, I don't blame him, is frustrated because the team never achieved the success that he probably expected or certainly that we did during the course of the contract, which I believe after this year is going to have five years left. All of that being said, now, you know, there's clearly a lot of um, checks and balances and things to get past to trade a guy who has this convoluted a salary cap situation along with the fact that he has a no-move clause, which means I have to go to him every time I might trade him. And so I guess what I have to interpret now and wonder is, are there more bites at the apple of this available for teams that are going to pursue a guy who is the reason why I loved this trade so much. And, and as I told both of you guys on score North live was prepared to celebrate the trade was because Zach Parisi is 35. He's paid a lot, but he's at the point in his career in life where he is really a bottom six forward. He's not really, you know, he's not a star and, and he used to be a really hard working star, but he's had injuries. And so the, the Islanders are a really nice team that has, let's say, six solid forwards, and they needed like a third-line wing, which Parisi would be. Well, clearly the deal didn't get done. There's not a ton of teams that are going to be chopping at the bit now to obtain a guy who makes this much and is basically paid like a star but is not a star. So I was really excited about the notion of moving on from his contract today. And look, there's guys whose contracts are going to expire, and there's guys who the, the Wild and Garen can trade with no problem. Zach's situation paints you into a corner a little bit more. So I appreciate what Garen said. I just wonder if there's a reality to that, and he's not saying, damn, I really want to make the trade. And is there any point to, like, lying at this point? Because you're right, most GMs wouldn't show their cards to that at at that point. The the trade didn't go through, and a lot of GMs would go up to a podium and go, "Ah, I don't know what you guys have been talking about all day. We were never going to trade. There's always just discussions all the time. We talk to everybody. But there was so much out there. That was there any point at that point of holding his cards close to the vest? I don't know that there was. And maybe it's even strategic and advantageous because if your goal ultimately is, listen, for all the reasons Judge just laid out, it's been a good eight-year run. The thing peaked two or three years ago, and the best thing for both sides would be to just move off of this contract, 
and and move forward with a rebuild and give young guys a, a, more of a chance, whatever. Wouldn't you want that out there, right? I, I I like this strategy. Not that you can't float this behind the scenes to teams, but if you just make it full on frontal, like Bill Guerin did today, which is, yep, we're open for business. Yep, Zach Parisi does have a no move clause, but just so everyone knows, he would waive it if it meant a chance to win a Stanley Cup in the last few years of his career. I just love that all of those things are out in broad daylight now. I think he's saying the smart thing. I just don't think behind behind the scenes trading Zach Parisi, let's say in five months, is going to be simple. And today, you, today you had a rare chance to trade a guy who a team could use, who's paid really well, and he's a bottom six guy. I mean, he's a third line on a good team. Zach Parisi is a third line left wing now, and so fear is too strong a word. Your apprehension now is you're sort of stuck. And can you find that team on July 3rd, let's say, that says, oh, I'll take him, sure. That's why, and I can guarantee you, the return for Parisi was not going to be great. Like, this is not a, can't believe we got all of these draft picks and players back for him. This was a getting a player off your roster. And I think what, what, and this is pure reckless speculation on my point, if you want to play it. You want reckless speculation? How about reckless trade speculation? My fear about what took place here was that um, the Ottawa Senators and Islanders made a trade early this morning that sent a center by the name of Pajot, who's having a really nice year, from the Senators to the Islanders. And they got a 2020 conditional first-round pick, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2022 conditional third-round pick. Long story short, my guess is the Wild wanted one of those top two picks. Hmm. And so the Wild was trying to work this trade out. And New York, and I don't blame them, because Pajot plays center, probably said, oh, yeah, we'll do that deal. Hmm. And then called the Wild back and was like, okay, let's try this. And Garen might have been like, dude, that's not going to be enough. And so it ran into a roadblock there because they were going to take back Andrew Ladd, who I think the Wild would have almost certainly bought out. But let's say they were trying to get a draft pick or two back. If the Islanders didn't want to give that up or didn't have that to give up, that becomes a problem. Yeah. And that's where I'm guessing that this sort of ran into a bit of a logjam. By the way, Judd's Hockey Show, this would be a great time today if you aren't familiar with Judd's Hockey Show. Apple, Spotify, Score North app, and also usually Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. Tonight there will be a recap episode with Judd and Declan after our show is over at 6 o'clock. But go find Judd's Hockey Show and uh, get get all of the recap and the breakdown of this trade. Do you, Judd, think that Zach Parisi will be in a wild uniform on opening night 2020? I think if both sides can make this work, he won't be. But it's going to take... It sounds like he's kind of working he'd, with He'd like them, to move. Right? Yeah. He'd like to move. But the issue becomes how many other teams want an aging... The guy... I mean, Phil, you, you've seen him play. Mm-hmm. He He's 35. He has played in a... a basically like a football player. So there's a lot of teams that come along and they're like, dude, you're breaking down. I mean, you're still good, but you're breaking down. So do I think it's a given he's not here? I think his preference in the wild, their preference is opening night 2020, he's gone. I don't know it's that simple. Because you got to find a team that's going to say, we'll take on that contract and those cap hits. And at that point, it gets to be a little bit difficult of, of when teams are starting fresh. How many teams? Because... The nice thing about this potential trade was the Islanders were were in a position where bottom six forward wise they're sort of desperate. You know, in July teams aren't nearly as desperate to be like, you know what, I'd really love today 
a third line backup type of player. Yeah, for sure. I think because this, this it all this this it felt like the stars were aligning because of all the things that like Zach Parisi as the final piece, not as a first liner, but as a third liner to a team that could win the Stanley Cup championship. Felt like. Man, this makes sense. All sides. I'm actually a little bit surprised that it fell through with how much steam it was gaining today. But the other crossroads we've kind of come here, just from a fan perspective, I think it's always hard, whether it's the Wild right now or any other team. Like we, We've seen this before with the Twins and the Timberwolves. And when, when you know that your team has reached its peak and is coming back down the mountain and you still have a couple superstar caliber players that represented the glory period Mm -hmm. and like Zach Parisi is a fan favorite. And I'm sure there's a lot of people like, I think the, I think us in this room are sitting here saying, yeah, it's been, it's been time to (laughs) blow this thing up or go into a rebuild. Like it's the right time to do that. It's okay to say that these last eight years were fun. Zach Parisi served a great purpose. He filled arenas, but it's time to move on to the next iteration of wild hockey. And I think that's hard. If you're a fan and you spent time watching a team get to a certain point, and that player became one of your favorite players, even though that player is not the same as he was a few years ago. And you've got his jersey, sure. Yeah, like, no, I, can, I don't disagree. And you've got season tickets. Point. Like it can be hard yeah. to say goodbye, like two hours ago. Like, Boys to like, men <laughs> sang about that very thing. It is hard to say goodbye. They were, they, they, were actually, they were singing about the NBA trade deadline in 1995. <laughs> can I tell? I can I tell you guys? And I don't know if you would agree with me or not on this. At the age of fifty now. I think my favorite sports day across the board, not just hockey, might be trade deadline day. I don't it's think always, that's, it's always been one of my favorites. But I think I might enjoy it now more than any single like game that sport plays. Yeah, I, I think I would have said that about you five years ago. <laughs> Are you just now coming to this realization well, no, you that you love why? when teams blow things free, up? The start of free agency in football, I love. Like I'm trying to think of the days that I relish. You no. Love it when teams go into rebuild modes. Well, no, but I also love love to see like how contenders try and manipulate their rosters at deadlines because it's not, you know, it's there's not the calm of the off season at that point in time. You're making moves that might work but might not work. I just think trade deadlines in at least baseball, basketball, and and hockey, especially because football is better but not great, are just so much fun. I think as I get older, I'm going to have less patience for rebuilds. I want it now, damn it. I don't know, <laughs> how, many, I don't know how many years I got left. That's fair. Yeah. But I'm just saying... I mean, the, I'm not there yet. The I'm only 40. I'm not counting my days yet, but I'm just saying. I think maybe by the time I get to 50... Well, it, go, it goes quick. Well, how many... <laughs> 40 or 50 goes quick, Rami. Yeah. Don't tell me that. Sorry. You'll have a couple, uh, couple fun little prostate exams mixed in there in your 40s, too. It'll be great. Great. Can't wait. Um, how would you guys rank <laughs> trade deadlines... Uh-huh. Off-season hot stove periods and regular seasons of of your sports that you follow, because I to to what judges I said, just told you I put NBA off-season above NBA regular season. Yep. I put I put Major League Baseball trade deadline above Major League Baseball season, and I put hot, and the hot stove has moved back above Major League Baseball season. And I love the Major League Baseball season. I know. And for NHL, like I don't watch a lot of regular season NHL hockey. Period. But I love. Hot stove, and it's a way to get people hooked. It's I'm with you on that. It has become, it's all entertainment, and it's all theater, and it's all like you're watching a screen and you're looking to be entertained. This year's NFL free agency season is going to be I know just wacky, man. You're like seven quarterbacks. So yes. If you told me right now, said Judd, you've got one one of two choices. 
2020, I think it's like what, March 13th? March 16th is 16th, when you can okay. tamper. Free agency is wiped out or the 2020, which would be played in 21, Super Bowl is wiped out. So you aren't going to get a Super Bowl. Wow. I'm going with wipe out the Super Bowl. But you won't know that the Super Bowl is wiped out until like the day before. No, I'm just I don't saying. Want the season to mean nothing. No, I'm saying if they came to you right now and they gave you the choice, they gave you the choice. Free agency is wiped out. You won't get it. So it's gone. Or the champ, the ultimate championship game. And by the way, we will play through the conference title game. So you'll still get a full slate of football. I'm not threatening the product. I'm just taking out the championship game. Boy, I okay. That that might be a step further than that. I love playoff football more than almost anything. Yeah, but you still get but playoff football. You just don't get Super Bowl. We have like we have Hall of Fame quarterbacks, musical chairs, starting now. Basically, the NFL Combine is where all of this is where the road starts. And by the way, uh, Purple Daily all week long, starting tomorrow. Say Josenfels, Matthew Collar, two to four o'clock from the Combine in Indianapolis. Nice. But the fact that you have Brady and I know Breeze is going back to New Orleans, but he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers and Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Yep. And there's probably going to be Winston something else. And Cam his LASIK Newton. surgery. <laughs> you never <laughs> know, man. man. You yeah. never know. It is going to be. Rami? And then be and give them to me again. What are we ranking? You so you have no. You get a choice: a Super Bowl being wiped out or the free agency period wiped out. Oh, oh man! So you just don't get the your dining experience. So they play through the mm. conference championship games. No, I think I need my Super Bowl just yeah. for the just for the spread. If this nothing is else, Judd, like I was tracking Judd up until he got rid of the Super Bowl, and then I'm like, I'm no, not even close, you guys. I'm one sorry, step too far, guy. I'm sorry, one step too far. No, guy. can't take away my Super Bowl. <laughs> man. So you just want? Oh, so you're man. more interested in where Ryan Tannehill signs than the Super Bowl? No. That's a little further than it's I'm willing to go. It's a smorgasbord of human it beings is. moving teams, man. It's not just Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Don't try and minimize it. <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, we get to wake up in March. Jonathan, you could cut that one off right after he says human beings. Look at all of you right now. I am. I'm sorry, man. I, I just I love the off the field stuff. You know, I I will say this though. You in years past, it's been all right. Training camp is here, and now we can get excited for the football season. I have come to find the fraudulence in training camp being the, the starting point. Because really, training camp is like six weeks before the actual start of the season. And after the first few days, where oh, yeah, football's back, but really they're just out there in shorts and shells, and like nothing's actually happening until. And for me, opening day of baseball is kind of like that. I love opening day of baseball. I think I'll take opening day of baseball over free agency. I used to love it. Don't I love now. it. Don't now. I love it so much. Are we starting a game at like two o'clock in the morning in Japan yeah. this year? Yeah. How, are we done doing that? How, doesn't count how's as Rob going to no, goof that, it up? That for doesn't you. count as opening day. I'm talking about actual opening day. That's one thing Rob Manfred can't screw up for me. Really? At least he hasn't yet. He probably could if he tried. The yeah, Sunday, he could. The Sunday night standalone, I hated. I liked baseball opening day on what? A Monday, I believe, back in the day. First game, always Cincinnati, and then a day full of baseball. Yeah, I love it. We're getting tweets here, by the way. Uh, Colin tweets in, the wild dot, 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 still suck. And that's part of their problem. This is the first time in... Basically, the twenty-year history of the franchise. Well, there was a stretch before they landed Preezy and Suter, where they were just kind of they missed the playoffs. They like weren't four terrible, years. but they were bad. They weren't yeah. um, They did have a. They, that's the stretch where I think they had their other. Gabrick was one of their top five picks, and then Pouliot was the other one. So, but other than that, they've just been in this no man's land. And I'm actually sitting here, and I'm kind of excited to. I, I, I the best thing that could happen is if they deal Parisi mm-hmm. sometime this summer, mm-hmm. and they are one of the three worst teams in the NHL. And we embrace it. 
and we open our arms to it, and we still buy tickets so that ownership knows this is okay. Embrace the this suck. Is, this is just, it's still a great place to hang out. You can go drink I, a couple of beers. I've always told you, embrace the suck. It's one of the, like, Target Field and the Excel Energy Center are two of the rare facilities where, you know, I don't even really care what's happening on the ash of the field. I just, it's just a great bar. So, I, I say it, the prob- the problem, embrace it. The problem there, though, is the price of a hockey ticket is high enough that's difficult to do. But I'm with you. Embrace embrace being bad. And I don't even know that the Wild has to rebuild, per se. But And I'm not bothered by the fact they didn't make trades. The Parisi trade, to me, seemed to be the perfect timing trade. But like they didn't trade Dumba. They didn't trade Brodeen. And they might move those guys in July. That's fine. But they have to realize, and the Wolves and Gopher Basketball, that for the most part, guys, those three teams are off the radar right now. So uh, coming up in about an hour and a half, and we'll get back to this too, the the near trade of Zach Parisi two hours ago before the initial trade deadline, but he will remain in a wild uniform the rest of the year. Judd's Hockey Show at 6 o'clock, a live edition with Judd and Declan Goff and your phone calls, and uh, they'll be recapping of the day that was and just sort of setting the scene for the future of the wild. And you can find Judd's Hockey Show on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app. We're going to keep it right here, but later on in the show, uh, Royce Lewis was on the Score North Twin Show with Tori Hunter over the weekend, and Royce said some really interesting things that we're going to play later on this hour. Plus, Tom Pelissero's NFL insights from the NFL Combine, but we welcome in on line one, Randy and Cottage Grove. Randy, how's it going, buddy? How you feeling? It's mock season, baby. Pretty good, yeah. I'm uh, I'm excited. Uh, as you know, I every year I do uh, well several uh, uh, iterations, as they say, um, and uh, I, I try to really just make sure that when they come out, they're uh, they're strong, they're solid. Uh, you know, I don't just mock to mock. You know, I get it out um, when it's ready. And um, a lot of times, you know, you got your typers, you got your machés, um, guys like that. They got pressure from uh, ed- you know editors or or, or or whoever to get to get their mock out. Um, I don't have that. I'm independent. Uh, I I mock uh, for just for 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 the exercise of it. For the love of the game, right, Randy? Yeah, no one pays me. So, but um, I'm surprised no one has picked you up yet and is paying you. Well, I can be reached, you know, if if somebody who does. But uh, it, 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 I would mock whether or not. They paid you, paid me to mock, and that's what they say. You know, you're lucky if you you would do what you do, whether or not you had cash in it. And I, mm-hmm. I, I want to mock, mock. I want to mock, mock. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. preach it, Randy, preach it, absolutely. And I, and I, I will say, there's a lot of good quality mockers out there that don't get this kind of. Uh, uh, you know, I, 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 um, spotlight, as I say. So I do appreciate you guys uh, giving me the chance to kind of lay a, lay a little wisdom on uh, on some of the folks who uh, might be curious just to what some of these teams are going to do. And this is this is my 1.0. It's uh, it's a mock. I'm, I apologize. I do apologize. It was delayed uh, by a week or so. I had a but but you know uh, seven eight days ago or so. I, I had a health setback. That, oh no. Uh, yeah, it was just a minor. It was it turned out to be a minor mm. issue, but uh, it was causing a delay in my 
issues with focus and and and, uh, and concentration uh, and to really dig in on this thing. So, is everything is everything okay? Are, are you, you sure? Right? Are you ready to be back mocking this yep. soon so after? I, I, I saw a physician. We uh, we we got on top of it, and uh, it's uh, I'm on the whole, you know not fully. I won't get into it, you know, it's personal, but I, it's not, uh, you know, not fully, uh, fully resolved, but enough that I could focus uh, over late last week and into the week, and I really got ahead of steam on this mock, and I'm, I'm ready to to hit you guys with it. Um, I do, of course, always feature trades as well that I think might go down. So, I think you're really gonna gonna like this one. I want a mock. Mock. Yeah. I want to mock. So uh, if if you want, do you want the stud stable music, or should I just go ahead and, and start mocking? Listen, you uh, you produce this however you want, Randy and Cottage okay. Grove. Yeah, go ahead and play that uh, the, my stud stable music. Hit and, that uh, music. There and, we go. Uh, Wait a second, hey, but just 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 real, okay. just, so real hey, just Randy, just real quick, real that. quick before you get started. Excuse just me? I'm mocking. I just uh, I know, I know, I just I know you are. If you could just fade that music for just just a second there, I just. I was. Uh, do you want me to pause the pause the mark? Just for just for a second. Just I, one sec, Randy. Yeah, you, you talked about a health scare seven eight days ago, and just a setback, just a health setback. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure, for sure. Um, I just Why? I was just kind of scrolling through your your Twitter account at Randy Vikes sixty nine and uh, Jock Itch. Really? Excuse me. Jock itch is what set you back eight days, seven days. Who, who told, uh, you couldn't. I, I can't. Who? How did you get that information? I just got my sources on Twitter. I don't know. Just I feel. I feel like you made it seem like it, you made doctor? it seem like something that was a little more serious. Somebody than, told you that on Twitter. Then Randy had jock itch. Yeah. How did they? Who? Uh, it's personal, first of all, uh, and. Uh, uh, it is serious, it, it, you know. Hypothetically, if that's what it was, I've experienced that before, and it's not good. It's not great. Uh, it, it it's very painful. It, it it's an, it, it, by by definition, it's an itch. It, you know, you, uh, uh, it burns. You com- you know, you combine it with a uh, winter here in Minnesota. It's uh, that sounds rough. It's especially it, it, it is. It is not. Enjoyable. I wouldn't combine because it with it's a severe issue in, in focus. I mean, this is who 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 made this your business? You know what about the HIPAA thing? Well, you came on. You just you just made it seem like you were hospitalized for seven days. Actually, he's I'm got a point. Saying, like, he's got a point I, with HIPAA. I'm hearing that it was. I'm going to go team Randy not on this that one. Serious. So well, was, I just want it, us to it, be it, transparent it, on the show, Randy. It, it, first of all, I I am I may be getting up in uh, in uh, long in the tooth, but I still at, do athletic activities, and I. When you 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 bowl three four games in a night and it's cold so you're wearing thicker layers, it, you you sweat okay you sweat and uh, and and it it it, it causes uh, you know, chafing and you know if you're not careful if you don't if you don't it, I, this is a word of warning okay this is a I'm completely uh, discombobulated now I can't even think about my mock because. You're you're making me want to. Oh, okay, we'll I want to mock. Mock. We're we're gonna go there. I'm. A, you want to go there? We'll go there. Okay, all the listening people, you know that if you get a, 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 a scare, don't don't ignore it. Okay, go to go get a, it looked a at. Jock itch scare. It, it's absolutely. It, maybe you never had it. Who is this? Oh, this Who's is, talking? This is Rami. Okay, Rami. Maybe you never had it, but it, it is awful. 
it's it's painful. It itches. It keeps. I can't concentrate on anything. I can imagine it, it would affect your concentration. Me, I can it see took that, me Randy. A week and a half to get my mock even to a one and I battled. Okay, I battled on this thing, and I tried everything. Okay, powders, and creams, and apple cider vinegar, and and I and 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 I just got on top of it enough to get a mock that you you guys could enjoy and the listeners could benefit from. And instead, you're gonna you're gonna make fun of my groin. Well, I'm here. I can't even. I'm so upset. You don't get the mock. No mock. What? Did you just hang up for Jockich? Was it worth it? I, look, I, you know, I'm going to defend Randy here. I think you're out of line, Mackie. I think you're out of line. He's he came. I think you're he out made of line. it seem like he had a heart attack last you, week. You don't. Well, you clearly. don't bring that. You don't bring that to the air. Without without clearing it with the guy first. Well, who's going to mock for us? That's, that's, his personal, right. that's his personal medical information. All right. And Maybe that was a little... Honestly, I can see how that would affect your focus. I've never suffered from it. I've never had it myself. I've never had a scare. But I can see how that might take like, away from your focus. Does talcum help? I don't know. Talk a little talk? I'm not sure. He said apple cider vinegar. I don't even want to know how you that's apply sounds, that. That's, that. That's well, how unnecessary. How do you I apply that? I have questions about that. How do you apply yeah, that? Me, I, me too. That seems like it would burn, but that's just a me thing. Sorry, Randy. Call back next week. We'll hopefully you're f- feeling 100 percent next week, and <laughs> feel like we'll we let you mock. Feel like we're upsetting the listenership that loves this mock. I mean, by the way, plus it's a seven round mock. You too. guys, you guys, which Rami, you guys chewed know. me out when I when I made him hang up before he gave us the XFL stud stable. I'm with you on this one. No, Rami, I'm. I'm I think with Mackie you. was way out of line here. Way out of line. That mock seven rounds too. I th- Randy, if you're listening. Call back. We'll kick Mackie out of the studio. You give us your mock. Are we all in agreement on this? Are the other three members of the show in I'd agreement? Like, I'd like to hear at least. I want to hear the mock. Like if I'm being voted and out if, for and calling Mackie, him out on If Mackie has to leave the studio to hear the mock, then Mackie just has to leave but, the studio. Let's just say that I think Randy's groin maybe isn't the only thing on him that's a little sensitive. Okay? Wow. Now, now wow. he's, he's going to call somewhere else. Wow. So. Now you're rubbing salt in the... <laughs> right. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to sip coffee, okay? Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for Well, I'm sure they're thrilled their here. spots next. Yep. Real excited to be part of this show right now. 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard all throughout the month of February. So for the next week, if you have a service light on in your vehicle, bring it in to my friends at Luther. They'll turn the light off. They'll tell you what it means and give you a free no-obligation estimate on repair. And uh, they'll make sure your vehicle is running right and running. Now, don't let these last few days fool you. I know it's been 40, 50 degrees, no clouds. It's been amazing. We've gotten springtime early here in Minnesota. But that means we're almost certainly going to get three different blizzards between now and May 1st, just like we had the last few years. So you, you probably still have a few weeks of winter left at minimum. Make sure that your vehicle is running right and running safe. And, uh, again, make sure if you have a light on in your vehicle, one of those weird exclamation points or something else, bring it in to the best service department in the Twin Cities, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, a place I've been going to myself for about 16 years, my family for about 30-plus years, and the website is LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, Judd. Thank you, Phil Mackey. Now, I, I want to talk to you about my friend Jason Walgrave, the Walgrave Real Estate Group and their guaranteed sales program. And, you know, the Wild didn't make trades today, but... Let's play a little game. Let's play a little game of pretend. Let's pretend that they did trade two, three, four guys. Those guys all likely have houses here, right? And if they're traded, they're going to call their wives up or their girlfriends up and say, Honey, we have to move. 
And we have to move quick. And by the way, we don't really have ties to the Twin Cities, so we need to sell our house ASAP, which probably means this spring or summer. So what should we do? So let's say they called me and said, Judd, you know what? You advocated us being traded. What's the key now? I would say it's very simple. Contact my friend Jason Walgrave and the folks at the Walgrave Real Estate Team because they have a guaranteed sales program. And what I would tell them is you're going to hear a lot in this town about guaranteed offers. Guaranteed offer on your house is fantastic, right? No, Jason Walgrave says guaranteed offer? Forget that. How about a guaranteed sale? It's this simple. Go to jasonsguarantee.com. That's jasonsguarantee.com. Click on the guaranteed sale button. Jason's, J-A-S-O-N-S, guarantee.com. Click on the guaranteed sale button, and I guarantee your house will be sold. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll get you back to Mackie and Judd with Rami in just a second. The first Score North is a brand new golf show, 10,000 Swings with Brad Cole and David Branstead. Two golf geeks breaking down the latest in golf culture around Minnesota and the latest stories on the PGA Tour. Find 10,000 Swings at 7 p.m. on Mondays on Score North on AM 1500 or on demand on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North mobile app over at scorenorth.com. Judd's got you covered on the fallout of the Zach Preezy non-trade that happened today. Zach Preezy was rumored to be traded, and then it just broke down at the final seconds. Also, Matthew Collar has the five storylines at the NFL Combine to watch out for Vikings fans, and he's got 25 names that Vikings fans should watch heading into the NFL Combine this weekend. He will be out there all week long, live on Purple Daily from Indianapolis. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. The Twins are 2-0, gentlemen. 2-0 in Grapefruit League action. A 3-2 win today at Hammond Stadium over the Boston Red Sox. And here are your box score highlights. Kenta Maeda gave up a home run to the first batter he faced and then uh, went two innings. That was the only run he wound up giving up today. Trevor May struck out the side in his only inning of relief. And... uh, some guy named Celestino hit a home run, and so did Nelson Cruz. So, good start for the Twins today. Uh, over the weekend, Royce Lewis and Tori Hunter joined the Score North Twin Show with Derek Wetmore. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, sit down with those two guys. Check it out. Apple, Spotify, Score North app. I want to play this little 30-second soundbite from the interview. Royce Lewis talking about mindset. And there's a couple interesting things to pick out of this. So, I'm going to play this, and I want your guys' thoughts on this. You know, I might have been growing up blessed and in a great situation with my family, but um, I'm still determined like I was poor. Uh, that's kind of how I like how it. I, I love how it. I look at it. Like I, I'm not. I'm never gonna stop until, you know. Even when you get to that Mike Trout level, uh, if you get to that level, that's the best of the best right now. You know, you get to that level, you're still not stopping because you want to be great. You want to be greatness. You want to accomplish greatness, and um, you know, to do that, you have to push your your mind and your body to do things that you would never do before. So every time I hear this guy talk, and I've said this since he was 18 years old and they drafted him first time, every time I hear this guy talk, I come away more impressed. And the two things he said in there that I love, I love the self-awareness that, yeah, I grew up like fairly privileged. I wasn't, I wasn't scrapping as a kid. You know, my family had money, but I wake up every day and go forward like I'm poor so that I have a want to and I've got a passion and a fire. And then to even reference Mike Trout in the same sentence as your own aspirations. You know, Andrew Wiggins, not to sit here and, like, you know, turn this into an Andrew Wiggins bash session. I don't think Andrew Wiggins woke up every day or wakes up every day in his young career and thinks, man, Kobe is the goal. Like, I'm going to be Kobe or I'm going to be LeBron. I think he just wakes up and, like, whatever, I make a lot of money and I'm pretty talented and I, you know, don't love basketball. I just love what I hear from Royce Lewis. And I think 
even though he had a hard season in the minor leagues last year, he was great in the fall league, but he had kind of a struggle fest in the minor leagues last year. I think hearing things like this and hearing how confident he is and how just like straight up smart he is in a lot of ways makes me feel like he's going to fulfill his superstar potential. I like guys who think big and don't mind letting you know that they think big. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I love it. I, I don't remember who it was, but somebody last week said something about, I'm here to win a World Series. It might have been Josh Donaldson. Said, I'm here to win a World Series. And I I don't even remember who I was in the studio with when we played it, but their eyes like got big. Like That's just not something you hear somebody in a Twins uniform yeah, put it out wa- there. walk in the door and say. And there's, I mean, what else are you playing for? If not to be one of the best, if not to win championships, what else is that? Do you do you just show up every day like it's like it's any other job, and you just punch in, punch out, collect the check, or are you here to to achieve great things and and to be great yourself? I like guys who 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 face who face great expectations, who put great expectations on themselves, and don't mind letting you know that. I love that. I also like the fact he struggled as well last year and faced some tough times because. I mean, that's baseball, right? You're not going to, or you shouldn't just descend through the minor league system of your team and be great, 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 and it's all fantastic. And then you get to the big leagues and, oh, my God, right? So he seems like a, like a really bright kid. And I'd say the one thing that we learned from Byron Buxton before he started to get hurt and just struggled was how easily he got flustered. You know, he had 87 people saying, swing like this, kid. No, leg kick. No, do this, do that. And you could see him processing every bit of advice. And I said to myself as an outsider, pick a pick a path here. And, like, pick people that you trust. Mm-hmm. That's great. But you listen to everybody. And I remember it was, I think, two springs ago, you guys, that Buxton showed up in Fort Myers and was really defiant. And I'm like, yes, that's what you want finally. That's what that's what you should, as an elite athlete, be. Not defiantly dumb, not like, oh, my way is the best way. But you got to have some hubris to you. you got to have some some swagger. And I like the fact that this kid comes off as, uh, he comes off as thoughtful, but he also sounds extremely, well, one, intelligent, but also confident. And that, I think, is is at least the building blocks of something important. But I do like the fact that his 2019 wasn't just fantastic. Well, let's but let's dig on on that part of it for a second here, because I, I could actually go one of two ways. I, I do buy Royce Lewis stock. I every like I said, every time he opens his mouth, I feel more confident in 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 having that stock in my possession. But. For a guy that was the number one overall pick, and he is a consensus top ten overall prospect in all of baseball, at least up until the rankings come out this spring sometime again, it's pretty rare that you would see a guy play a full season between not not you know double A triple A like it was high A and then thirty three games in double A, and his combined numbers were a two thirty six batting average, a two ninety on base percentage, and a three seventy one slugging percentage. Just paltry numbers across the board at the low to mid levels of the minor leagues. And he got caught stealing 10 times in 32 attempts. He struck out once per game on average. It was a garbage season for him statistically in the minor leagues. Then he went into the Arizona Fall League, which is, you know, it's like a month and a half burst of additional baseball. And it's the best prospects for the most part. So you are playing against great competition. And he was phenomenal. He batted 350. Uh, he. Stole some bases, played center field for the most part. 
when you guys see how bad he struggled, though, in a full season at high A and double A, and there are really no big-time redeeming qualities, like he had a couple hot stretches, does that make you pump the brakes on his upside? Because I, I, I think it's pretty rare to find guys who become top 10 players overall in baseball, and then you go dig through their minor league seasons and you see that kind of a clunker at that level. It's not very often you see that. Does it make you pump the brakes on how good he can be as a player? I don't let one season change my opinion of the guy or what I think he'll do, but do I think it's a sure thing that he'll be a great player? I I never count on that until I see a guy at least tear up double A. Like, at at least dominate double A and make me go, oh, yeah, you know what? They got something here. He hasn't even done that yet. So I I can't sit here and say that I know without a doubt that last year was was a blip on the radar for Royce Lewis's career and he's going to be everything he was when he when he or everything everyone hoped he was when he was drafted by this team. I'm not ready to go there yet, but am I ready to throw the guy away because of one bad season? No, not at all. But let me see you dominate Double A before I go. Yeah, this this kid's definitely the real deal. And what's the amount of prospects who have been highly touted? who have gone through and just torn up everything, who have just... And I'm not saying it's a good thing he struggled, but that doesn't make me, as as Rami just said, say he's going to not be a good player. Um, but I would guess that the majority of players who are really good, solid players, but potentially not mega superstars, have struggles, Well, would we, have problems. And we, because he's the number one overall pick, and I get part of the reason why he was the number one overall pick... Is like he he was probably more like the third or fourth pick, and the twins he was more signable for a, a a number that was slightly below slot, as they said. They the twins got him for a little less money, so that they could spend more money on their later first round pick. The twins wound up spending more money in that draft than any team in baseball, but they wound up paying Royce Lewis a little bit less so they could get a better prospect later first round, second round, third round, et cetera, et cetera. But because of his drafts status. I would put him in the same sentence as like a Mike Trout caliber prospect. Mike Trout was a first round pick. Bryce Harper was another number one overall pick. And when you comb through the minor leagues for those guys, mm-hmm. I mean, Bryce Harper was in the major leagues as a great hitter when he was 19 years old. He slayed double A when he was 18 years old yeah. enough to just be in the major leagues. Now, some guys are a little bit further along in their development, different position for Bryce Harper. He played corner outfield, but Mike Trout, I mean, this dude did not miss a beat in the minor leagues. He's, so his his age 18 season was was A ball and high A. 341 average, 428 on base percentage, 56 stolen bases. Then he gets to double A as a 19-year-old. 326 average, 414 on base percentage, and not nearly the strikeouts that a Royce Lewis has. So I think his bad season last year has me a little bit slow on saying he's going to live up to the potential of being potentially the best player in baseball, which is what you hope you're getting with a number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he has that kind of a mindset makes me think, all right, he's he's not going to be a bust. The floor for him is not bust. Randy just tweeted. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. All caps. All caps. I want a mock. Mock! He says no mock, Toady. What? No mock toady. Oh, toady. Okay. No mock I think today, he meant huh? to say today, but he said no mock toady. Speaking of batting okay. averages, okay. I don't think his spelling batting Can you tweet him back and say tomorrow, question mark? Because I'd like to see if we're going to resolve this conflict that Phil brought up. Should I? Or caused, I should say, not brought up. Should it be in all there. caps? Sure. My response? 
All right. And misspell at least feel like one of not two words. Like, is he being thin-skinned, or was I was I too harsh? I don't think we needed to go there. I just felt, I just I mean you felt confronted, like he was exaggerating. You confronted him because we thought it was a real scare, but in his mind, it probably was. Yeah, I mean, he made it sound like he was dying last week. I just wanted to point out that it was jock itch. Okay, and he used what type of juice? Uh, apple cider vinegar. Okay, that's that's where I have questions more than anything. I use apple cider vinegar for a few things here and there, a little inflammation. Uh, you know, trying to get over a sore throat. Oh, sure. I've never, I've never used it south of the border. What is the application process? You don't. I don't think you want to know, but I'm curious. Of apple well. cider vinegar for jock itch. Do you think he made it worse? Is there a saucer involved? What is happening? I think he's. I think it's splish splash. Splish splash with the <laughs> apple cider vinegar, or what do you? I don't, yeah, how do you how do you apply it? I think you splash. How do you apply again, it to the situation? But I've never used apple cider vinegar south Eat of a washcloth. The hemisphere. Are line. we getting to the Cotton swabs? No pun intended yep. here. Are we getting to the root of what caused the real problem? Which real problem? <laughs> <laughs> the jock itch problem wasn't the real problem. It was the attempted application of what he thought would resolve oh, it, which caused the real problem. That probably made it worse. I was going to say, because I, I think you might be on the DL after that. Or I'm sorry, IL, Rob Manfred. And it's pretty likely his physician was just like, yeah, I will just, just, we'll get you some over the, just go away. <laughs> Can I go back to your point for a second? Mm-hmm. Royce Lewis. Because I actually had a point off that. J- Judd's like, speaking of jock itch, back to Royce Lewis. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't mean it that way. Um, but doesn't. What you just ran through, Phil, also sort of emboldened you, if you're the twins, that if you are in a position in July to add a top-flight pitcher, that he has to be included, potentially? Either him or Kirilov is probably going to have to go. Although, the, the Astros, they acquired Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and Zach Granke, all in trades, Yeah, never gave up a top-three prospect. In it's any true. of those deals. But I'm just asking if this if this should open up the potential mm-hmm. that, you know, because we prob- we might not be talking about a superstar here. We might be talking about a really solid player. See, all right. That, that, so it's funny because I hadn't thought of it like from that point A to point B. When I when I hear him talk and when you when you just sort of watch him go through the drills and watch his highlights. And then when you see where he was highly touted as a 17, 18 year old kid. He, all of those things added up are as close to untradeable because it's a guaranteed lock that he's going to be an all-star caliber player as you can come up with. But the fact that he was so bad in the minor leagues last year, if I'm going to hedge on his upside, then I would also have to say, yes, I would be more likely to include him in a trade for a Garrett Cole caliber starting pitcher. Yes. I'm not just going to do it because right. he had a bad year. And obviously if this dude starts at double A and he gets off to a ridiculously hot start, this whole conversation might because if if he gets off to a red hot start at Double A this year, we're not going to be talking about whether he should be included in a trade in July. We're going to be talking about can you find room for him in your lineup? Okay, like Luis Arise gets hurt or something, and we're going to be talking about should this dude come up and play second base for you or move Polanco to second and short? Which is just another reason why this is going to be such a fun season because like the the Twins are going to be fun on their own, and then two or three of these prospects out of like the six that we're watching are probably going to get off to hot starts, and then it becomes, all right, do you trade him? Do you bring him up? Do you find room for him? Do you just let him sit down there and mash the minor leagues? I don't know. Is he tweeting again? I haven't seen a response yet. No, I'm keeping an eye out. Because if he's not going to mock, mm-hmm. honestly, like 
We carved out time for Don't him to mock on our show. Now. You're, you're no, the, he's no, not going to mock. No, you were the one who no. got out of line. Don't play Listen, hardball with Randy now. All due respect, like we love our listeners. All we due just, respect. We just gave a listener a chance to mock on our show, and he got huffy and puffy all and hung up on All due respect, you exposed this man's jock itch to the entire Score North listening audience. <laughs> oh. What do you mean, all due respect? Maybe he should develop some thicker skin in more ways than one. Wow. I want to mock. Mock. I want to if he's not going to mock, Jonathan, fire this up. Fire you, up some NFL music because I've got doing? a mock you for have you your guys. Own mock? TheDraftNetwork.com. Some random guy named Kyle Krabs has a 5.0. <laughs> Did we just get to We're talk about the, Jockish and now you go to Krabs? Really? <laughs> it's awfully from fitting. to Krabs, really? It's awfully fitting. Wow. Larry Byrne has this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Kyle Krabs. <laughs> Has already done five mock drafts. <laughs> it's February twenty fourth. That is correct. That's why it's hilarious. Number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals. Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network has Joe Burrow, quarterback LSU. Stop saying Krabs. Number two to the Redskins, Chase Young, pass rusher. And then, breaking news at three, Kyle Krabs has a trade at number three. I love when guys do trades. He's got a trade. He's got the Lions trading the number three overall pick to the Miami Dolphins, two spots down. And the Dolphins giving up the fifth pick, a second round pick, another second round pick, and a 2021 second round pick to draft Tua, number three overall. That you know what, <laughs> Kyle Krabs might be onto something. My head just exploded. <laughs> Kyle, oh, the Krabs. top of that draft man to change. <laughs> Mi- mixing in trades, we scroll down <laughs> to the number twenty-five overall pick. I according got to, itch Kyle- to hear this pick from Kyle Krabs, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here to scratch it. No, <laughs> because number twenty-five overall, oh, Kyle man. Krabs from the DraftNetwork.com mock draft five point has cornerback LSU Christian Fulton. Wow. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. And he writes, Fulton isn't exactly a consolation prize. He's a physical stud in man coverage. With Minnesota facing a declining Xavier Rhodes and with Trey Waynes currently on an expiring contract, the Vikings will need new blood to help make this defense work under Mike Zimmer. Fulton's physicality is a great match. There it is, gentlemen. If Randy's not going to mock, we got plenty of mocks. Stop okay? poking the bear with Randy, all right? You were clearly in the wrong here. You were clearly in the wrong. I just want transparency and just honesty in, on the show. Just admit it and move on. Okay? Since when? All right. I'll admit that I was wrong. A, if he, Randy admits... It's a seven-round mock. If Randy admits that he over-exaggerated his health problems... I don't think he did. I don't think he did. That can that can help. That can hurt concentration. I would think. That's no? all he said it was. You said it was very distracting. You're taking a hardline stance here for a guy who has never dealt with such issues before. Well, yeah, I would. I would imagine. Like that? Not, would, that, not that there's anything wrong well, with. Well, no, because he feels bad because he cost us the XFL mock because his big mouth. Well, no, I was in the right there. <laughs> I, I no, you weren't. I would imagine that any disturbance in that area could affect concentration. By the way, speaking Randy of the XFL, I'm the, only, half-assed mock I'm out the there. only one who hasn't alienated our buddy. Judd, put your glasses on for a second, you 50-year-old man. Okay. 
Because I want HR right after the segment. Go ahead. I'm going to show you. Yeah, alienate everybody. everybody. I'm yeah. going to show you the Ageism, email that yeah. I just got. So Scornorth, we okay. are an ESPN radio affiliate. We no. get we get ESPN no. radio broadcast. No, right. oh, read the email that I just got right before our show came on the air. Right there, that graphic. Read it. ESPN Radio will be broadcasting the XFL Championship game live April 26, 2020. Additional details coming soon. That's right. Yes. Score North is your okay. home for the XFL <laughs> Championship game. I'm a serious question. Game. I don't know who's playing that day. What day was it? April 26th. April 26th. No, they played the day before. Yeah! Okay. Here's what we got. Here's what we got. Oh, boy. Programming wise. Oh, boy. Here we go. Rami, three hour pre, local yes. pre. Okay. I'll do vent line, two hour post vent line. <laughs> for Phil, sure. Phil, you line. mix in wherever you want. I'm in on vent line for sure for this. This is going to be great. Did either of you watch the XFL this weekend? I was, it got real quiet in here. I was, it got I, real, real quiet in here, Jonathan. I know you're in the champ, other studio. It's a championship again. Let me just tell I, you. Championship event. I, I it got real scores. quiet in here real quick. I did I watch a little bit. Mm-hmm. I watched a little bit. Uh-huh. Listen, I'm still, I'm still all in on the XFL. Are you, though? But Pier 1 had a major sale okay. on furniture. All right. And you there see? are three metro locations with 20% off sales. And, I didn't uh, realize we, you were we, a sponsor for that. You went to three Pier 1s. We went to three Pier 1s. That's right. What's a Pier 1? That's kind of like a furniture. Like... Decor store. Listen, it's there like was a Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, everything comes to our house now in a box. Isn't that great? We never shop anymore. Isn't that great? We never. Yeah, except when I have to throw the boxes out in the recycling, and the recycling gets too full, and I tell her quit buying stuff for a while. It drives me crazy. I just prefer not. What to What were you at doing all. instead of watching the XFL this week? Oh, I, I actually came across. I watched a little XFL. I watched uh, baseball, spring training baseball. I watched on Saturday. I think four hockey games. It was great. By the way, do they have a deal with Bud Light Seltzer? They have to. Because every week. Oh, I'm sure they do, yeah. It's, it's genius. I don't know if we have the soundbite. Jonathan, did, did, I don't think I sent that to you. I, th- I might have sent it to Declan for Score North Live. There was a guy who yelled out some kind of gibberish <laughs> and then just slammed a Bud Light Seltzer. I don't know what, I don't know, have no idea what he said. But every week, there's something involving Bud Light Seltzer and NFL and XFL locker rooms going on across the league. It is genius. I love how in baseball we debate. I mean, should you really have a champagne celebration after every round? And the XFL, they're like, "Yup." But the XFL, we have that sound. Okay, we do. Okay, yeah, and it's I. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> what? Yeah, legitimately, that's, that's just it. labeled in here. XFL Seltzer. I don't know what you that... play that again. What? <laughs> is the pop? Is he popping the seltzer? Yes. I don't know. I mean, that's an impressive pop. Yeah. Are they like? Are they spraying the seltzer around like you do champagne? Or are they just? Are they Stone Cold Steve Austin style? I, it's, you, I, mostly what I've seen is Stone Cold Steve Austin style. They're not splashing it around like they just won a championship. <laughs> but dudes are slamming Bud Light seltzers <laughs> That's amazing. every week across the XFL in the locker room. So good. Fine with me. So good. The XFL, man. Get on board, Rami, just like Judd and I. I'm good. Used to be. Three-hour pregame. Be prepped on the championship teams. <laughs> we don't even know that the league will make it to that point. 
It's awfully presumptuous to think that the championship game ES- will be played. You think ESPN puts out the release that Phil just got if we're not assured of an XFL championship also, game? Also, Vince McMahon assured us that he has his own money invested up to yeah. two years right. of XFL Vince football. Vince McMahon okay. has never lied to anyone. Here's no. the other thing. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about there. When we get an expansion team, I would hope that Score North is the radio home of the XFL. That team. The yeah. Minnesota whatevers. And get on the bandwagon Come on, now Rami. or never, Rami. If there was a local team, there might be. I still don't know that I could feign interest. They do an XFL expansion in year two? It's just, just growing? Go with the concept, Jonathan. I could see it. I could see it. Uh, we're going to break down all no, things XFL. Two, Tom Pelissero's <laughs> XFL Insights. Play-by-play play guy, Rami Makhlouf. <laughs> I mean, if the money's right. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Pelissero's XFL and NFL insights when we come back. What is the latest on this juicy pool of free agent quarterbacks and a Vikings cap situation now that Everson Griffin has opted out? We'll get to Tom Pelissero next here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the Score North TCL Studios. Dale Tondrick is here to help make sure you have a plan and that you are on the right track financially for retirement. There's all kinds of things to think about, whether you're 30 years old, 50, 60, doesn't really matter. Well, for one, are you going to have enough money later in life? Are you saving enough money so that you can retire and live comfortably as the life expectancy uh, continues to grow? Ideally, you'd like to live until you're 80, 90, 100. I don't know. But you want to make sure you're not running out of money later in life. Maybe you're actually able to retire earlier than you think. That's another common mistake people make if they're not fully tuned in with their retirement savings plan. If you make the right decisions now, you might be able to retire a year or two or five, who knows, earlier than you think. And also various tax-related things that could save or cost you a lot of money, depending on which path you choose. With Dale Tondrick, you'll meet face-to-face with somebody who spends his life thinking about this stuff. Dale's life's work is literally helping people save and stockpile money for retirement. He is a trusted source of information to help you on your path. 952-401-1671. That's 952 952- 401-1671 or myinvestingcoach.com. Join Mackie and Judd with Rami each Wednesday at 5 p.m. for Write That Down. The guys not only make sports predictions, but hold each other accountable for them each and every week for your chance to be a guest picker on Write That Down. Enter through listening rewards on your Score North mobile app. Suit jacket, shirt, tie, no pants. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. We haven't played that in a while. I feel like we used to play this all the time on our show. We should mix this. We should mix the NFL oh, Network uh, bells we, in again. Here. We did used to play this constantly. Mackie and Judd with Rami, Score North, and the Score North app. And this is the gateway this week to the NFL's free agency period, to the draft. This is it. We only got like three weeks off between the Super Bowl and the gateway. And Tom Pelissero is a peddler of the gateway drug, which is NFL news and speculation. It's always credible with Tom, unlike when we speculate. From NFL Network. And uh, you're down in Indianapolis right now, correct, sir? I'm staring out the window at the Cowboys bus parked outside of a uh, downtown Indianapolis hotel. Love Wouldn't it. be the combine without that. Love it. I so, love that bus, man. That's the great bus. 
It's been here for, I mean, years. Yes. Every, every time. Always in the exact same location, which I've always wondered whether or not it's legal for it to be there because it's the only bus <laughs> I've ever seen parked on a street. But I think uh, when, you're, when you're Jerry Jones, you can kind of make up your own rules. Do whatever you want. So technically, well, we're not supposed to know a whole lot about where players might wind up and negotiations until March 16th, which is when the tampering period opens up legally. But I think everybody kind of knows that this is where the entire football world congregates right now throughout the rest of the week. So with all of these quarterbacks on the free agent market and even non-free agent quarterbacks maybe on the move, how much clarity do you think we might start to have in a week, week and a half from right now, Tom Pelissero? Well, we've already had one development that has kind of slowed some things down, which is because of the hang-up in the collective bargaining uh, talks and specifically the uh, players' refusal so far, uh, the board of representatives, to vote on the proposed CBA that the owners approved last week. We've already backed up the uh, franchise and transition tag deadline by a couple of days, and that's that's going to dictate a lot. You have several teams between the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Titans, who all have multiple candidates for tags, if you are in the final league year, which the NFL would be, if they don't agree to a new CBA, you can use both tags. Any other year, you can only use one of them. So that's a, a pretty impactful uh, thing in itself. Uh, you know, we're really waiting for clarity on the CBA. That's also hanging up uh, trade negotiation, or excuse me, uh, uh, contract negotiations. I spoke with one GM earlier today who was talking about, you know, how that impacts you because of all these various rules to go with the final league year, the fact that you can't uh, have a big difference between the signing bonus and the base salary, and so you're going to end up with guys have much higher cap numbers if you're in a final league year. There's a lot of dominoes here uh, that are related to the CBA getting done. There's a meeting tomorrow between NFLPA leadership and uh, some of the members of the NFL Management Council Executive Committee after which the Board of Representatives says that they are going to uh, take a vote either tomorrow night or Wednesday morning. And then, you know, after that would be the vote of the full membership of players, which uh, if it gets that far would seem like it's uh, it's definitely going to get done. Is the 17th game the major hang-up right now for the Players Association? For the vocal opponents, yes. At a very base level, 17 games is what, um, they have fought back against, uh, that they voiced that again when you know, the executive committee itself, which negotiated the deal on behalf of the NFLPA, voted 6-5 to five not to recommend it to the board. I mean, that's unprecedented um, based on everybody that I've spoken to. Uh, you know, and then even if you accept, even if you're willing to at least have your ears open on 17 games, the question becomes, did you get enough? Uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, the calculations which have been out there, uh, the, they would gain an extra percentage point of revenue in the, you know, first year, as long as there are 16 games, then whenever the lever were pulled to push it to 17 games, they get at least 1.5 percentage points more. So you're talking about, you know, just right there, assuming the TV deals come in as expected, not higher than expected, it's a $5 billion swing in the favor of the players. And that, you know, comes along with, uh, you know, higher minimum salaries, a higher performance-based pay pool. They're going to back off some of the regulations or some of the, uh, you know, the contact in training camp, the amount of times guys can be in the building. There's, you know, a lot of things that have, uh, you know, concessions that have been made on behalf of the league. But the players that are opposed, again, you know, they'd like to see better things in terms of health care. They'd like some different rules in terms of how you'd pay that 17th game for guys that uh, had negotiated their contracts based on only a 16-game schedule. Uh, There's a lot of different things, but really, you know, the the main part of tomorrow's meeting is this will be the first time a lot of these player leaders have even been in the same 
room with the owners since last July, you know, because they were busy playing football. They were aware. They were kept up to date on the negotiations. And you're talking about a voluminous uh, document here, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pages. Uh, they know what's in there, but, you know, it got to a point where uh, a lot of those player leaders, or at least, a, you know, a faction of them, uh, that so far has kind of uh, slowed down this process. Uh, we're not pleased with where they're at, and so this is an opportunity to have open discussions about player safety and voice uh, concerns about certain aspects of the deal. Tom, all those things being said, do you think this gets done, or do you think this turns into a uh, arduous negotiation that actually goes up to the last second? We'll know in, in the next 48 hours. We'll have a good idea what direction it goes because the board, it's an up or down vote. Uh, if they get two thirds, then that would be recommended. Uh, some of the labor attorneys now have gotten involved to clarify that if half the board, just a simple majority, uh, votes in favor, then it would be pushed along to the full membership of players. I mean, if that happens, it, it's highly unlikely from my understanding that the full membership, uh, would not vote in favor of the deal. And then you would have, 10 years of labor peace right now. Uh, you know, conversely, if they voted down, then, I mean, if you take the NFL at their word, we're talking about, you know, you know being right back here in 2021, except in that case, it wouldn't be a year until a potential work stoppage would be a matter of weeks while we're standing here at the combine. And, you know, there, there's a vested reason for everybody to not want it to get to that point. But obviously, uh, some of those players, uh, led by Richard Sherman and Russell Okung, that have been pushing back, are willing to take that chance and and try to get more and uh, you know fairer fair in their opinion deal. Tom Pelosero's NFL insights here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. So Everson Griffin is now a free agent officially. Officially, from what you hear around the league and from the people you talk to, what is the perception of him as a player right now at age thirty-two? I believe going to be thirty-three. Well, we knew that he was going to be a free agent in, I think it was mid-November in the Cowboys game when he got that sixth sack. I mean, that was the, that was the entire reason that he agreed to take a pay cut last offseason was for uh, the right to trim those years off his deal with very low uh, performance and playtime-based incentives. So, you know, this is not like a, a surprise at all to the Vikings. It was literally a matter of sending the email to confirm that he was exercising the right that everyone knew that he was going to. In terms of him as a player, uh, and I've had, you know, people within the league call me just because they know I'm around the Vikings a lot asking about him. You know, the, the questions are the things that happened in 2018, um, with, you know, him facing a very serious mental health issue, having to take some time away from the team. That is not something new. That is something that he's dealt with through uh, his entire adult life. There have been other issues that they've had to deal with through the, through the years. Uh, he was a lot better though from, you know, everybody that I, I spoke to, uh, certainly last year. He looked more like himself on the field. He was more like himself off the field uh it's just you know yeah what level of commitment are you going to make to him because he's also you know a player who he's he's not on the uh the ascent at this point i'm not saying he's declining but he's you know a guy who based upon you know going into i believe it'll be his 11th year in the nfl nobody's getting better at that point so how long can he uh you know sustain the level of play that he's at right now that's those are all questions that you have to ask i would i would expect though that he he should have a strong market simply because there aren't enough pass rushers out there and he's shown for a long time that uh, he's able to be uh, one of the better ones in the league do we know where any discussions are on a mike zimmer contract extension it was around this time last year he got the extra year so he didn't go into a lame duck contract year is that all they're talking about doing this year or could there be multiple years added to his contract well, last year was a it was an option that was not publicly available because Zim uh, keeps a pretty tight lid on his uh, 
his contract situation. I would expect, though, that, yeah, I mean, there's, there have to be discussions that are going to go on. I know that Zimmer as well as Rick Spielman are going to address the media, I believe it is, tomorrow, uh, along with a lot of other GMs and coaches around the league. So you would expect that there's going to be, you know, at least a hint. And certainly Zim's not going to walk up to the podium and break down the negotiations for you, but you may get a little better sense of it. What I do know about Mike Zimmer, and he has said this himself in the past, is he is not afraid to, uh, you know, to coach out his deal. He feels like he's a, you know, a very good coach. Uh, if he, if it didn't work out in Minnesota, then he would uh, be willing to go someplace else and pick it up there too. You also know that, you know, Zimmer likes Minnesota. He spent a long time building the program the way that he wants to, getting the roster, uh, the way that he wants it. He's not, you know, eager to be out the door either. He's just, he's confident in his abilities and, uh, it'll be an interesting negotiation just based on where he's at in his career. Vikings are coming off of a good season. I mean, they started out 10-4. and They won in playoff game. Um, they got to do some work on the roster here. But, you know, the Wilfs long have believed they have one of the better coaches uh, in the league. You know, and you, and you look out there at the potential candidate and say, who are you going to get that's better than Mike Zimmer? Uh, there's not a lot of names that are available to come up. Combine drama, Tommy. Does Joe Burrow want to play for the Bengals? I thought you were going to ask about his hand size. That's all anybody talked about. Oh, really? Uh, oh, I love the hand size. Tell me more. Smallest hands of all Tell me more. I love the hand size thing. By the way, he tweeted he out that he came in. Sorry, go ahead, Tom. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, the, the tweet was uh, that was pretty good, So showing some uh, sense of humor about it. But you know, I should have known. Here, here's the thing. So every year when I do my pre-combat, pre-combine uh, quarterback breakdown, you know, I, I ask all the scouts just like, what are the different questions you have about these guys? And some of them will be, you know, on the field things. Some will be off the field. Some will involve, you know, what a guy weighs when he comes in, or it'll be the medical report. Uh, and every now and then, uh, something comes up with uh, hand size. You know, basically, you always want, you know, historically, NFL teams have wanted guys that at least a nine and a quarter inch hand, just because of gripping the football, you know, potential fumbling issues, cold weather. All those types of things. So there have been a couple of times in recent years where I have, I want to say inadvertently because I kind of intended, but they caused a bit of a stir by putting something out. One year was people speculating on Jared Goff's hands, and he came in right at nine inches. Uh, last year was Kyler Murray, who actually ended up, even though he's a, a smaller guy, he ended up having a nine-and-a-half-inch hand. Nobody this year brought up Joe Burrow's hand size. Now, I had a couple of scouts bring up the fact that he's not the biggest guy, even though he's, he measured at 6'3 and a half today. And he was down uh, around 210 pounds last season uh, to the scouts who watched him. He was only listed at 216. That would be on the lighter side. You know, he's smaller, built through the lower body. That raises some flags. Nobody brought up the hand size thing. So today, I'm on TV, and I'm, this year, for whatever reason, there was nobody, no media members were in the room or, you know, live tweeting it. So I asked, you know, somebody that I know who was going to be in the room, like, hey, can you text me Burroughs measurements? So I initially tweet out the height and weight. And, you know, six, three and a half and 221. And, you know, 221, that's a good weight for him. Let me put a little bit on. That was something that, you know, teams would want to see. Every single response that I got was, what about his hand size? Where's the hand size? We've got to know the hand size. So I text back the source through him, like, yeah, everybody's just fine about hand size. And he goes, nine, which, of course, immediately to me, I go, oh, boy, here we go. So I, I you know, retweet one of the people who was asking to say, by popular demand, Joe Burrow has nine-inch hands. That then explodes for the rest of the day to talk about Joe Burrow's hand size, which is, you know, his arm strength was something that was a legitimate question coming into this process. It doesn't sound like, 
you know, people do not expect that he is going to, uh, you know, actually get out on the field and throw. They, he has not actually said that himself, but, uh, NFL scouts would not be surprised if he decides to sit it out. He doesn't have the biggest arm. It's average. It's adequate. He's an accurate passer. Uh, but the hands were the, were the surprise. So, you know, then you compare that to some of the, uh, the meat hooks on, uh, Jordan Love and Tua Tunga Vailoa has, you know, for a six foot tall guy, he's got 10 inch, uh, 10 inch hand. Uh, it's, I, I'm never going to say anything is nonsense because what you have to understand with the NFL scouting community is it's all about comparisons and you're looking for, you know, what plays in the league. If guys have historically been over a certain threshold to be good NFL players, then you're, you know, you're looking for that. You're looking for traits. That's, that's what scouts do. Then you look back, Goff went number one with a nine inch hand. Baker Mayfield went number one with a nine and a quarter inch hand. Kyler went number one with a nine and a half inch hand. I, I don't think that the the nine inch hands are going to be uh, the end of Joe Burrow. Let's just call that a small piece of a very big evaluation on the uh, favorite to be the number one pick. I feel like nine inch nails just barely missed the perfect band dam. How could they have foreseen it though? They couldn't have. That's Tom Pelissero from NFL Network down in Indianapolis. Dante nine point five, by the way. And that dude fumbled all the time. So Joe Burrow is a huge concern right now. He's a risk. Third rounder. Yeah, his tweet, by the way, uh, Joey Burrow, considering retirement after I was informed that the football will be slipping out of my tiny hands, please keep me in your thoughts. <laughs> yep, so you can once again stick that on me. I have started another Way to go, uh, Tom. Controversy. Way to go. Always starting it up, All right, Tom. Enjoy your combine week. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good, guys. Bye. That is Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights. And by the way, speaking of Dante Culpepper's tiny hands, Judd Zolgad, myself, Phil Mackey, and Tom <laughs> Pelissero did a full <laughs> deep dive Minnesota, yeah. re- Minnesota Sports yeah. Rewind into Dante Culpepper and Randy Moss's 2004 season roller coaster. Did you ride. see this? We just got an email from a listener who is livid at Mackey. Uh, I did see that. Should we read that? Oh, most definitely. Oh, you yeah. got it in front of you. Yeah. <clears throat> Dennis. Well, just to set this up, Randy in Cottage Grove called in an hour ago to do his, it's like his fifth annual mock draft on our show. <laughs> it was going to be his fifth it's annual stop mock at four. draft on yeah. the show. And uh, he said that he was going to do it last week, but he had a health setback. And he had to go see his physician. And, and then Mackey had to go him. digging into things he has no business digging into. Dennis agrees with you. Listen, some people, he, Randy made it sound like, oh, like my heart is. I want to know how you chest. got this information. Uh, people on Twitter know things. Okay. Was HIPAA it violated? Was, it was jock itch. Okay. Rummy? He made it seem like he had a heart condition. I mean, I don't know if you can violate HIPAA if he doesn't technically work for us, but it was definitely a violation of trust and privacy. All right. Emailer Dennis agrees with Rami completely. Mm-hmm. And Randy, too. Mm-hmm. He says, dwarf tossing, bear baiting, mocking Randy's jock itch. I don't know which I find the most repugnant. I certainly will never call in if I have to worry about one of you guys scanning my social media and discussing my hemorrhoids or irritable bowel syndrome on the air. Um, that was one of the most tasteless and rude segments I've ever heard. Yes, Phil, apple cider vinegar is a natural, holistic treatment for jockish and athlete's foot. Google before commenting. That's an honest why would I Dennis. Do that? Dennis, very upset with you. I can see why. <laughs> Alrighty then. But Dennis just spilled a little bit about his own personal life there. Like, <laughs> Are you planning on that going on the show? Because if not, he's hey, you know what? You, you oh. email the show. I didn't give his last name, first of all. Just saying. I will. It's no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have no problem if someone's going to 
email our show and be upset with Phil or Rami or me at sharing the email. Football. Speaking of speaking of hand size, you guys know there is an article right now on CBSSports.com. We have so we've done one thing at the combine so far. We have measured quarterbacks' height, weight, hand size, and wingspan. And CBSSports.com has given us winners and losers a full list already. We are what like three hours into NFL Combine festivities. It's going to be what seven days of drills and measurements and interviews, and we already have. A winners and losers list. The notable winner from today? Yeah. Jordan Love, quarterback from Utah State. Welcome to the Combine, Mr. Love. No quarterback won the way in more emphatically than the polarizing prospect from the Mountain West. His hands are gigantic, and at nearly six foot four, two 224 pounds, he has a sturdy frame, 80-inch wingspan, doesn't really translate to better on-field play, but it's impressive nonetheless. Football. Guarantee that dude goes in the top 10 now because of his wingspan. And I, I can also guarantee you now that Joe Burrow has measured with the smallest hands outside of Jake Fromm, who is eight and seven eighths. Kiss that, <laughs> kiss, kiss, kiss that guy goodbye in the first or second I round. I should laugh at him. All Sorry. right. I'd like to apologize. So Joe Burrow's hand size, two is going to interview well. Yep. Two is going to only get healthier. Yep. I guarantee you we start to see Tua to number one Cincinnati steam at some point here. That's how this works. At this time, you know, like five years that's ago, a great te- point. Teddy Bridgewater was You're the right. number one overall pick You're right. at this time like five years ago. And if and if Burrow truly is trying to avoid playing for the Bengals and this all comes to uh, fruition, which is a dream. He, probably, he probably stuck his hand in ice for three weeks just to have smaller just hands. Just shrink it down. <laughs> oh, look at Sorry, Bengals. Does your hand I've shrink? got these tiny hands now. Prune hands. You never got prune hands when you're like in the bath or the shower for too long? <laughs> Everything shrivels up. Judd is 12. <laughs> I was in the shower. Football. I was in the pool. <laughs> Joe Burroy. <laughs> He's like the Burger King guy now. The small Burger King hands. But I got these tiny hands, man. How am I supposed to eat the Whopper? Throw touchdown passes. Oh, I love that. All right. When we come back, Judd's going to be forced to defend his sport, and we will wrap with Ricey. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. All right, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. We will wrap with Ricey and have Judd explain what's up with your sport here in just a second. But let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company. One of the things I really like about Federated Insurance is their commitment to giving back to our community. They are a gigantic supporter of big brothers and big sisters. And I'd love to share a great story I read recently in the Star Tribune just a couple weeks back. Starting in 2003, Twin Cities businessman Don McPherson, through big brothers and big sisters, started mentoring a man named Shaquille Nelson when he was eight years old. Shaquille, who is now a very successful a business owner in his own right, started his own nonprofit organization, Inner City Ducks. Inner City Ducks provides after-school sports programs for at-risk kids in the Twin Cities. You mentor one person, they pay it forward, they go on to help dozens of others. That's the mission of Big Brothers Big Sisters, and that's why Federated Insurance, through the Federated Challenge, has supported Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Minnesota for over 10 years. If you want to learn more about Big Brothers and Big Sisters, and the great work they do, go to BigsTwinCities.org. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. 
Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll start here. There's never an off-season for Purple Daily. Weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. right here on Score North. ScoreNorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. Purple Daily is the only five-day-a-week show dedicated to the Vikings all year long. Hosted by Matthew Collar. Listen throughout the week as Collar is joined by former Vikings, Sage Rosenfels and Alex Boone, along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Uh, coming up at 6 p.m., a little programming note. Normally, it's the podcast version. Today, it will be live because Judd and Declan haven't had enough of talking about the NHL trade deadline and the Zach Freeze trade that almost happened but ended up not happening. They will be live for Judd's Hockey Show coming up at 6 p.m. right after this here on Score North. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, thank you, Jonathan Harrison. We'll wrap with Royce here in about 10 minutes on the show. But I had some deja vu over uh, these last couple days here because three years ago on our show, Judd Zolgad and I fought for like an hour about my thoughts on how random hockey is and how frustrating it is to me. This start, this actually started with the Wild completely outskating. Was it the St. Louis Blues in a playoff series? Yeah, except for and goaltending like, they just like Well, yeah. Jake Allen, the goaltender, stood on his head for five games, and there was more to it than that, but... Like, the Wild didn't get the greatest chances, et cetera, et cetera. But True. It has been my longtime running stance on this show that of all the positions to play in professional sports, and that includes golf and tennis, everything, that playing goalie in the NHL, provided that you know how to skate and you have at least some experience, like, athletically. You can't just run anyone out. Just like, you have to, have, you have to clear a certain bar. It is the easiest position to play in professional sports. And I feel like that opinion was validated when, two nights ago, how are we pronouncing Is it David Ayers? Ayers, yep. David Ayers. Great story. A 42-year-old guy who, uh, he does have some experience. He has, he has, he played, a, he played, was it in the uh, Allen Cup Hockey, a yeah, top-tier Canadian Senior Ice Hockey League yep. in Ontario. He's 42 years old. He's the emergency goaltender. Uh is it for for Toronto? Technically, He's yeah, like they employ him guy. to back up both if the Leafs goaltenders yeah. go down or if the opponents. In this case, it was Carolina's goaltenders both go down. He enters the game with eight forty one left in the second period with a three to one lead, and stops eight of ten shots. Let in the first two. That's amazing. Hold second on, period. He let in the first two. Yes, the, the first f- two shots against him went in. Yes, as they should. Yep, the first two shots by Toronto in the second period, and then the period came to an end, I believe. And I think he stopped the rest of the shots, if I'm not mistaken, in the third period. So if my original stance has been playing goalie in the NHL is the easiest position in all of professional sports, Mm -hmm. what is your rebuttal, Judd Zolgad, when a 42-year-old non-professional goalie can just come in basically off of the street and not, well, he's and, not off and, of the street because he knows how to play up, the position. He didn't give up 15 goals, is my point. Like I feel like he should have given up more than two goals. He's a citizen. He's not. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. He's not a professional goalie. He's, he's, he's a Zamboni driver. He's a, citizen. he's a Zamboni he's driver. The, he's the backup Zamboni driver for the Leafs, and, and I believe he's the, the backup main, Zamboni driver. And he's the main, not even well, the starting even Zamboni the driver. Hold on a second. The Toronto Marlies, who, if I'm not mistaken, their American Hockey League team plays in the same building. He's their Zamboni driver, and then he's the backup for the Leafs because he is the emergency goaltender employed by the Leafs. Guys got all over me. Wouldn't give me a chance to finish. My rebuttal is I mean, that it sounds like he's a backup Zamboni driver. My rebuttal is one, it's a great story. It's fantastic. And two, I would I would say that what I said three years back, you still haven't paid it off. Try playing goal. 
But see, but I'm going to do it. We talked about this. I'm going to yeah, do it. Yeah, but you're not going to do it on skates, and I still say I was. I would do, I would do it on skates, but I, let me just say, I have skated once, and it was caught on video. Yeah, I've this guy's skated, good. I've skated once in the last 25 years. This guy's a good skater. I feel like the prerequisite should be, can you operate functionally on skates? Because like, if you can't operate functionally on skates, obviously you're going to give up 15 right. goals. right. What I'm saying is if you can operate functionally on skates and you've played some goalie in your past, apparently you can just go in and stop 8 of 10 shots well, Toronto, in the NHL game. Uh, here's the problem. Here's Because I, I watched this game. Toronto scored those two goals, and then Carolina did a very good job. I This guy, I saw that th- this guy made legitimately probably two really, really good saves. And besides that, Carolina did a very good job of shutting down Toronto. Toronto played a terrible game, an embarrassingly bad game. I mean, Toronto, if if you are saying, and I think you are, that the Maple Leafs or any team that loses to an emergency goaltender should be embarrassed, yes. it's a thousand percent right. That's what I'm saying. They were a joke. Like you should score ten goals off they this They should guy. have. Yeah, I'm not going to defend them. They were a complete joke. How do you not score ten goals off a random guy? Because you, you're a joke. I mean, they were terrible. They were They were awful. It's like so. That's as embarrassing a loss as it sounds to the uneducated hockey. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You're at home. You're at home. You've got an entire period against this guy, and you allow Carolina. The Toronto coach was right. He basically said Carolina didn't need a goaltender. He's not wrong. They played a awful game. They were they embarrassed themselves. So if your guy's first thought is how does he not allow ten goals, that's on Toronto. Yeah, because like I mean the, the, that's. Exactly right. Uh, we've been sort of playing up both on on air throughout the day and off air, just different like cross sport scenarios. And the one that you brought up earlier was a kicker. If a if if you had a guy who oh, he kicked a little bit in college and he maybe kicked a little bit in D three, but he's forty two years old and he's mostly just been hanging around the stadium for yeah. a decade. <laughs> and oh my god, like you know whatever the Vikings kicker uh, goes down and so does the opposing kicker. And hey, this guy whatever this guy got he's got to come in. Mm-hmm. Is that guy going to pipe a 45-yarder in that? Is he, is he going to make like four kicks in a game or is sort of the equivalent to what this would be? The answer is almost certainly no. I think that I, guy I gets think super this nervous. would be, I think, hear me out on this scenario. I think even though this would be a, a professional player moving positions, I think this would be if Eddie Rosario started a game for the Twins as a pitcher and like shut down the White Sox. And you're like, dude, you're not a pitcher. How how did the White Sox get shut down? That's more the equivalent to me because being a pitcher should not be simple. And like Rosario or Kepler is going to come in there and try and r- probably pump fastballs and throw a couple off speed but see, pitches. But see, the, the the comparison I would make there, and this is where I need your help as someone who has followed hockey on a much deeper level than me. I would say if a defenseman were to put on the pads, a professional defenseman were to put on the goalie pads, I would say, yeah, okay. Like that be, guy should have a better chance. And why isn't that what happens, by the way? Because... Like, if both quarterbacks get hurt in a game, yeah. they don't just pull, like, the guy from the Correct. practice squad who is eating popcorn and watching it from his seats. Correct. They grab a wide receiver or running back, and they're like, hey, I know you don't normally if, do this, but you're a great athlete. You're going to play quarterback. That's not what happened here. If you went to... They got the backup Zamboni driver. <laughs> if you went to Matt Dumba and said, dude, put on the pads, play goal, he would look worse than this guy did. So that's and I and that's where my my brain hits a wall. Like how? I don't get how it. How can a guy who's a, is a professional athlete and a professional hockey player who because goaltending operates a, at a high level because these skates, guys that play goal know how to play goal. This is the most probably of all sports. 
This is the this might be and I'm trying to think out loud quickly here. This might be the one position where if you're not trained in how to at least get by at that position, I think you're lost. So it's the most specialized position in sports. Well, I'm trying to think. I mean, kicker might be too because if I asked Kirk Cousins to long, kick, long snapper actually is pretty specialized too. Like so, kicker, many, long snapper. Could a random person off the street like well, every baseball player wants to pitch who who doesn't pitch right? Like actually, long snapper might be the one here. So long snap because what we're talking about is no. Would you no long he, snapping is incredibly difficult. No, this is what I'm saying. saying this is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if your long snapper gets hit by a bus right before the game starts and you have two options, you can either tap into a professional football player on or your gets roster itch. or gets <laughs> or jacket. Or one itch. of the two, yeah. It could happen. Mm-hmm. It could happen. Mm-hmm. It's not funny. If if your if your options are grab Hey, like grab one of the other linemen. He's never long snapped before, but he's been around football and he's a professional or Hey, there's someone in the back over here who was a long snapper, Division Two. It's been ten years, but he was a long snapper for four years in college. Yeah, you'd probably be better off with the guy who has been a long snapper. So I, I do see it from that perspective. That might would, be I, right. would I trust Division Two long snapper guy or, hey, tight end who's never long snapped, but like, you're on the team. It is weird, but I guess you're right in that regard. It's, specialized it's such a specialized there. position. Yeah, and because <laughs> I don't think baseball has that right because people want to pitch. They might not be good, but they're still like, yeah, and, I'd like to pitch. And there's, there's so many guys that used to pitch in high school that... If you went to the majority, I, I think if you went to 99% of of the guys in the National Hockey League defensemen and forwards and are like, hey, suit up as a goaltender, they'd be like, no way. What, just it's just too risky and too... And they don't know how to play it, and they don't want to take... I mean, it, it, it's just, it's so specialized. Yeah. But I am not, but just to be clear... I am not defending in my sport the fact that the Maple Leafs couldn't score. Like that's not defensive. It's just it's such it's a, a joke. It's a weird look that like you just bring in a dude well, and they're probably going to change it. Ten goals off the guy Be, because I think Phil, we got in a debate about this when the Blackhawks had a guy who was I think an accountant did the same thing yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. Um, this one <laughs> on Hockey Night in Canada on a Saturday in the epicenter of the National Hockey League, which is Toronto, basically. I think you're going to see that starting next year, they're going to require teams to carry a third goaltender who's going to be the equivalent of basically like a bullpen catcher who, if you have guys go down, he's going to come in. That's my guess. So every team will have their own. Correct. They're going to force them to employ, let's say it's $60,000 to seventy a year. You're going to have to travel with a third goaltender who you hope never has to play. Because it's really weird, too, that this guy works for the Maple Leafs. Drive Zamboni for the AHL team. Is he on the roster? No, you. It's very. You it, can just alter the roster in the middle of the game and add a goalie who was the backup Zamboni it's, driver. It's worse. What than is going that. on in your sport? It's worse than that. When goaltender one gets hurt for a team, this guy is taken from the press box where yes, he's probably eating popcorn because he doesn't expect to play to the locker room, and he is signed to an emergency contract. What are the chances? I'm not that, kidding you, Ron. What are the chances that he ate, I know, so that he ate a hot dog within 45 minutes of going down to put pads on? It could happen. Pretty high. Like I would say, you probably shouldn't, but it could happen. <laughs> Just so fascinating. The best this. thing is the term they're called the e bug, emergency backup goaltender, and they don't get paid, right? Didn't he say? He, no, he, I think they get paid. They're employed by the home team, and I think they do get a stipend of some sort for showing for being there. Yeah. I think I'm not positive on that one though. People are tweeting in here. I don't know that for sure. Minnesota Twins guy tweets in, at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgat, at Rami is tweeting, 
You couldn't just bring in a bat boy as an emergency pitcher. Assuming that the bat boy was <laughs> no, like, this is right. over the age of eighteen. And if you did, the like if you if you did play this out cross sport and you brought in, all right, well our hey, for whatever reason, like we don't have any pitchers left, so instead of going to Eddie Rosario, who at least can throw the ball eighty five miles an hour, we're gonna bring in a guy who may or may not be able to throw eighty, but he used to pitch a few years ago in in college. That guy would give up twelve runs in an inning yeah. and he would just be hoping to get a pop up. Yeah. Most likely. Let's bring Pat in here, by the way. We wrap with Royce Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on this show. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Uh, We're just asking Judd about how the heck a random guy can come in and not give up 10 goals in an NHL game as a goalie. And uh, (laughs) we're making progress and trying to understand. (laughs) It is. Well, uh, the Royce theory is that uh, about 88% of all great saves are because somebody hits somebody with a puck, you know, because they, they basically hit him in the chest or the D or some damn thing. About 88% of the saves that are called great saves are just because you happen to hit him with the puck. That's, uh, that's my theory. And I think that was proven, wasn't it, when we got the guy off the street who uh, ended up winning a game. I, th- I think my theory was proven. Just like Jim Craig, right, Pat? Well, no, that was, uh, no, he was really good. He won the gold medal and uh, proved that capitalism was better than communism. He, he did that by, because now if, uh, if he'd been playing for the other side, then communism would have been better than capitalism and we would all have been in trouble. And uh, the Berlin Wall would still be there. But luckily, Jim Craig had a hot night and then we ripped down the Berlin Wall and everything was fine. Yeah. Uh, so Pat, right. hey, by the way, how did you drive Randy off the air? I turned into hear Randy's podcast. Oh, I don't know. He's he's got he thin skin. Up. He does not have thin skin. He's got itchy skin. All right. So he called it. <laughs> he called in Pat and said that he meant to have the mock ready by last week, but he had some health problems that slowed him down a little bit. He couldn't focus on the work of yeah. putting together the mock. He puts a lot of pride and work. Into yeah, his mock draft. Yeah, yeah, he made it sound like somebody, he was like going through cardiac arrest last somebody week. Somebody t- called him on it. Somebody tipped Mackie <laughs> off to the fact that his his medical issue was jock itch, and Mackie went to the air with that. And that can uh, that can uh, ruin a guy's concentration. There's no doubt about that's that. That's what I said. No. Thank you. No. Yes. Anyhow, that's too bad because uh, does he you know like one. One star, two star, three star, four star. Does he give one star, two star, three star, four star? Is that? Uh, is, oh is no, that, but that that can a guy be a, to mix that in. Can a guy be a can a, can a guy be a four star player and then you got a three star I mean, player? He sounds like good ideas. We I, don't I know like now. This. Phil chased him off the air. <laughs> that is too bad, man. Alas. Well, I still I I offered you guys cash when I had the show. I offered you guys cash to give me an idea. Well, you might you might you might what you might wind up getting his 1.0 mock on Royce Unchained for free at this point. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know you guys uh, you know now you're uh, running him off the air. I can't believe it. Yep. Anyway, so hard. Our, our twins, so, our twins are two and zero. Kenta Maeda made a nice little recovery after giving up a bomb. Nelson Cruz hit a home run. All is well. well yeah. Nellie soon went out to Whitefield, and uh, Nelson looks in fine physical condition like the rest of this outfit. And, uh, uh, you know, we're not going to see Kepler for a while currently because of the back. They want to make sure he's good. And Polanco, because of the ankle, and then, of course, Buxton, we probably won't see him until March 10th or 15th or something. But it certainly will be fun if we ever get to see this lineup healthy and together on the uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, 
I was talking to Judd earlier today, man. It's uh, it's hard, it's hard to be pessimistic about this lineup if it's healthy because uh, you got let's say Buxton hitting eighth and the Rise hitting ninth. Although a lot of people are convinced the Rise is going to hit first, so and then then I don't know what happens. Then you then you get Eddie Rosario hitting seventh. I don't think he'll like that too well, but. Uh, uh, you know, it could be something. It could be a hell of a lineup. You're giddy about it, Patrick. I am. For you. Uh, I mean, it, it, well, yeah, by my standards, yeah, yes, I'm always looking for uh, something that, uh, you know, and, and injuries can ruin it. Uh, you know, some, somebody having a lousy year who had a great year last year, but, uh, boy, it's, uh, I, I can't remember a lineup where there was, uh, where, where you had nothing but good hitters. That's, uh, that's, uh, there's always a hole or two in it, and there will be, you know, on the days that Avila catches, and that days that, that uh, maybe Adrian's is playing or something, you'll have you'll have some, you know, weaknesses in it. But uh, when you play the nine guys you got, it's uh, it's it's kind of frightening. Parisi traded, then not. You, <laughs> your your theory about what this means. Oh, uh, my theory is yes. that uh, you 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 might as well just start uh, making your. You're not moving them now, baby. Maybe, maybe with two months to go in his thirteenth season, when he makes the one wants to make a run for the cup. Yeah, uh, you know, as a forty year old fourth lineman, uh, fourth line guy, maybe he'll accept a trade that. You're never going to accept a trade between now and then. You you had your chance. You begged him and pleaded him to uh, waive his no trade, and then you didn't pull it off. You uh, you screwed it up. But Judd, doesn't it, it's, it's, to what degree does Parisi want to go play somewhere that is better at hockey than the Wild will be the next couple of years, or does he still think that hey, I can we can lift this thing back up? I don't know, actually. That it, It's a good question. I just don't see if there's a lot of teams who are going to be excited this summer to take on that contract. Well, I think, yeah, plus he's, you know, once you, when you wave it, it's just that I'll do it, right? Yes. You don't have to sign a formal document, do nope. you? Nope. I mean, I mean, okay. he, I mean he, yeah, and if they want it, they got to go back to him now if they, if they want to trade him. And, uh I, I can't imagine him. He's got to be, you know, even though he was, uh, you know, he won't admit it. He's got to be a little upset about this whole thing. Although, when you see that they're going to get this stiff Andrew Ladd back and have to eat, you know, take on that much salary, I, I you know, you were obviously going to be taking on less salary than Fred Greasy, but. You're trading your leading goal scorer for a guy who's not playing, who you, who's, gets five point five million for each of the next three years. That that seems to me like an idiotic trade to have even been considering making. And that's that might have been the hang-up too. I mean, it's very possible that at two o'clock Central Time this afternoon, Bill Guerin well, said the very same thing. Yeah, he said, I, I need something better. Right. You know, or I'll, I'll take a lot, but I need something. But as Judd pointed out, he'd already given the, they, they'd already given up their first and second round draft picks. So yeah. there wasn't, there wasn't a lot left to give up. But, uh, uh, this will, uh, you know, this will just help the, uh, the Parisi I bashing, but, uh, I, I still think, and I've said it before, it was the greatest marketing. Gimmick, not gimmick. Greatest marketing move in the history of Minnesota sports: signing those two guys on uh, July twelfth, mm-hmm. uh, two thousand twelve. Otherwise, that building would have been empty for five years. 
What else could get Patrick Royce on a July 4th day to come in and do an impromptu radio show, huh? That's right, an impromptu hockey score. Hey, did you guys hear that it was four years ago we won the gold medal? No. Was that like today? Was no. it today mm. that they beat When's someone? that coming up, huh? I don't know. I wish somebody would bring it up. I wish we'd get some uh, publicity on that thing. It's kind of... Get the players together, maybe with Trump or something, yeah. and celebrate. Yeah, I think that'd be fallen, fantastic. Kind of fallen, kind of fallen through the cracks, hasn't it? This whole story. I don't think we've made a big enough deal about it. Yeah, ESPN so. ran the movie Miracle. ESPN ran a movie last night. They ran Miracle. The, the Miracle. Yeah, yeah. Rivers was drinking and celebrating like he, like it was a big deal. So never seen it. Uh, no. <laughs> Reavers was drinking. That's, that's a shocker. That's uh, that's that's. That's nice. That's very yeah, nice. Yeah, it is nice. 40 years. And it's funny how it always got to be 40. What if it was 39? Why didn't we do this at 39 years? What Not a milestone. Years? Not a milestone, Pat. <laughs> you got to have that milestone. Yep. Oh, that milestone, too. So uh, what, uh, fellas, is uh, our uh, Vikings up to here? The, uh, they let, let the Griffin thing. How much? Who else is going to get more cap money? Uh, Linval Joseph could be that's coming on the up, block. right? Oh yeah, March sixteenth or something mm-hmm. like that. When the league year begins, yeah, I bet Joseph gets let go. I bet Rhodes gets let go. Riley Reef. They might have more money they know what to do with before yep. this is over. <laughs> you got the that right. Is then they'll if they let all those guys go, they'll need to spend it on a defensive tackle, a left tackle, and a pass rusher. Here's what the, here's what they have to do. You got to get rid of these guys, and when the free agency starts. You buy. You don't wait till day two. You get the best available twenty-eight-year-old tackle instead of taking these third-rate guys that they sign on day two. You got to take the best free agent tackle that is out there, and don't go cheap. You need a difference maker on that offensive line. You haven't had one, and God, I don't know when's the last time they had one. That's a that's an ass kicker on their defense. Hutchinson, Hutch, Hutch was an ass kicker. Do we go back that far? I mean, for a real one, far? for a real dominant one, probably. Yeah, that, that's I mean, he's a hell do. of a player. Stop football! Taking <laughs> Stop taking the third day. Uh, yes. You know, guys that they've been taking, and it, that doesn't yep. work. You yep. need Stop somebody being cute. who's. You need somebody who can block somebody one-on-one. Good stuff. We got to run. We'll talk to you on Wednesday, sir. Bye-bye. All right. Wrap it with Ricey. Mackie and Judd with Rami. See you guys tomorrow.